Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we learn more about the Winnipeg High School Hockey League's decision to postpone games, at least through this upcoming week. As well, we hear from Daryl Fordyce, co-captain of Valor FC, who's back for another season. Find out why he wants to run it back on the podcast. Coming out of the Christmas break, students, as you've heard in the news the last couple of days, are not going back to school in person. The term is starting with remote learning, which also means that extracurricular activities are on hold. So for the league, that means a delay in the return to action. And here to discuss this, the league president, Dana Gordon. Dana, explain where things are at right now with the WHSHL. Divisions, as we know, have control over all their programming and all their extracurricular and that. And so we are once again at the mercy of the divisions that the school divisions are making in their own best interest for whatever reasons. Um, as of yesterday afternoon, we had many of the divisions and the schools involved in our league uh, messaging me, telling me that their divisions have put their sporting programs and extracurricular on pause for the remote learning period. So then what happened is we looked, we had 24 games scheduled for the week of the 10th to the 14th. Um, and any of the teams that were hadn't indicated one way or the other if they were able to play or not. Um, didn't have an opponent that they could play. So what we decided to do is pause our league for the one week period here um, with all the games to be rescheduled down the road and meet as an executive next week. Hope that uh, this is actually just a one week period. Uh, and if not, start putting some contingencies in place to see what uh, what we can do to try to get the season done. So looking at the, the the decision by the divisions, if remote learning continues past next Friday, does that likely mean that there will be continued postponements of games? I can't speak for how the divisions are going to, uh, how, how they're going to react, if they're going to just maintain status quo as they have now or not. Um, what we're going to do is, I guess it, it all depends on a couple of factors. Um, our executive, first of all, we're going to wait and see what's going to happen with um, minor sports in general. I mean, I think there is almost 3,000 cases today that are reported. Um, things are going up and up. So who knows what's going to happen with the new public health orders that are the current ones expire, I think, on the 11th or 12th. Um, so we're going to look at that uh, and we're going to see, I guess, um, if there is a way that we can get some, we, we can we can keep this season moving regardless of whether kids are remote or not. That being said, if we cannot and the, and the divisions are uh, going to stay on pause with their sports, we're going to have to uh, start looking at some ways to, when this when this remote period is over, uh, pick up either pick up where we left off or make some adaptations to finish our remainder of our season and get our playoffs done. How many games are left in the season? Or asked another way, what percentage are you through the season right now? Uh, I would say most teams are fifty percent or more. Okay. Um, we have a twenty four games. We have twenty four game season. Sorry, all all teams are are fifty percent or more. I think the one the team that has the there's two teams that have only played 14 games and they have 10 left, but, um, and it, it depends on our divisions Our platinum promotions division. Um, most teams have played 17 or 18 games. Some have played 20. So that's good. Uh, most of our free press division have played, I think a couple of teams have played 14 and some have played 17 up to upwards of 17 or 16. So we're in good shape. Um, if we had to, for rescheduling purposes now, we would be okay if it was maybe another week. Um, if not, we'd have to start looking at some alternatives um, to try and keep everything even. We don't want to go to savings percentage necessarily, but uh, there's many different things that we can do to try and you know get everything finished so we can just 
start playoffs if it comes to that. Because we want these kids to finish this season. They deserve that. They've, we've come so far and they've had so much of their high school careers interrupted and their hockey careers that we're going to, you know, no stone's going to go unturned, so to speak, to try and get this uh, this season finished and crown three championships, champions in each of our divisions. So when does the season normally end and when, how late can you finish it if, if past that date? Okay, again, we're in uncharted territory here with how late, um, but what happens is because of the Manitoba High School Athletic Association's provincials, the Platinum Promotion Division has to be finished earlier because one of the uh, teams, the, the champion of our city Platinum Promotions Division automatically gets a berth into the provincials. Um, the other two, the Price and the Free Press Divisions, uh, traditionally are, are uh, have an extra week to finish their games, um, but all of our hockey is done by the middle of March um, in a in a regular se- in a regular year with the Platinum Division finishing one day before uh, one week before the other two. But that if if this remote period extends, um, we would uh, first thing we would do is get into negotiations with MHSAA to see if we could um, change how those provincial bursts are selected, and we I. We could probably finish the season if we before spring break. So really, to put any kind of plans in place on this date is just foolish because the virus is still in control, and all you can do is plan for a bunch of different scenarios going Correct. forward. But our but we do have every intention of trying to find a way to get this this season finished, and uh, and that. So if we can get if we can get back. Um, and we have those extra two or three weeks before spring break after a traditional end and extend our season to try and at least even everybody up so that everybody in each division has played the same amount of games and then perhaps go to have, have to reseed and I don't know, there's many scenarios that we could do, go to save percentages, etc. cetera. Um, we'll have to see down the road. But I think at the end of the day, regardless of how we get this season finished, everybody will just be grateful that we actually got it finished. Um, it may not be a perfect scenario. It may not be perfectly balanced. Not everybody may not play the amount of games, but I think everyone, all the stakeholders, including coaches, staff, players, etc., cetera, um, would be grateful that we actually managed to sew something together so that these kids get a fair shake at a real full hockey season. Would they need some kind of time to ramp back up? So they need a couple practices before they play a game again because they've been off for so long? Or if once the clear, all clear is given, games start? I think at this point, all, once the all clear is given, we just resume our schedule as, as, it, as it is. So, for example, if that is Monday, uh, games could run. Um, looking to reschedule anything that was from these past two days and all of next week. Um, teams, again, if, if divisions, some divisions are allowing their players to practice right now. So are we as a league, we paused our games when our season, but if, if school divisions or individual schools are allowing their players to practice, then that's again, at the discretion of the divisions themselves. So some will have a little more, maybe a little more, uh, practice under their belts. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of those kids will be hitting the outdoor rinks and maybe trying to stay, stay in shape as much as they can with their teams. Um, but yeah, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't put any other breaks in. We would just move surge forward with our finishing our scheduled games for the regular season. Well, Dana, I wish you the best of luck in uh, navigating this. I know it's not going to be easy and a lot of different things are going to be thrown your way in the coming weeks. Yeah. So uh, best of luck and uh, stay safe. Yeah. And thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks. And just one thing though, I just, I, I do have to say that I do have a really strong executive around me and we are working together to 
turn every stone <laughs> to try to figure out how, how to best navigate this once again. So thanks again, Christian, and uh, we'll be talking to you. That's Dana Gordon. She is the president of the Winnipeg High School Hockey League, who has a dog named Sully, I found out today. She sent me a picture, a happy-looking guy. She also has a couple of cats named Howard and Marvin, and they mostly get along. So, Valor FC making a key signing yesterday. The return of co-captain Daryl Fordyce. The midfielder turned 35 January 2nd and was a big minutes eater with the club in 2021, playing all 28 CPL matches and averaging 71 minutes played per match. The product of Belfast Northern Ireland will be entering his third season with the club, and he joins us now. Daryl, congrats on the new deal. Why did you want to come back for another season with Fowler FC? Um, to win the league. You know, we we missed out in playoffs last year uh, by a point. You know, we we really should have made playoffs. It was in our own hands. Um, and if we had made playoffs, you know, we would have been in with a good chance because, as you've seen, we had a... We had a great squad last year to compete. Um, so, yeah, that's the main thing, to come back to try and win a trophy before I have to retire. <laughs> Do you know when that'll be yet? Um, I thought it would have been last year, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I played a lot of minutes last year, you know, and felt better as the season went on. Um, you know, and then Phil called me in and offered me a new contract which we came to an agreement and, you know, I spoke to my wife and said, okay, let's play another year at least. What is Phil DeSantos like as a coach? You, you spent some time with Rob Gale as coach and now DeSantos coming in. What's the biggest difference between those two and what do you like about DeSantos as a coach? Um, the difference would be that, you know, Rob would have changed his tactics a lot more. Um, different styles of play, depending on who we're playing, you know, whereas Phil's very, he shows us how he wants us to play and then it's just slight changes here and there, you know. Um, but yeah, Phil came in, uh, excellent job, you know, as soon as he came in, it's obviously not easy coming in like halfway through the season, uh, especially in the form that we were in at that time. But yeah, he uh, he brings so much coaching qualities um, for us and look forward to next season that's for sure and uh the video work the boys have really taken to the video analysis stuff that he's brought in and uh, broken down things a lot easy for players to understand and um, and the way he can speak so many languages to all the players it's incredible you know some guys that don't speak much english if it's french or spanish or portuguese you know just goes off and explains to them uh, and then within within 10 seconds the guy who doesn't speak much English understands exactly what um, he's explaining to everybody else so that's actually very incredible yeah that's def- definitely an asset I don't think would get talked about a lot to have a, a multilingual coach in, a, in one of the most multilingual sports on the planet yeah you know it's it's actually really amazing because someone like me who who would captain the side, um, trying to get across things on the pitch to players. Uh, I can understand the frustrations, um, but with Phil, like, he can just say what, speak whatever language he wants, and the player will understand. Um, and therefore, there's no, 
there's no uh, miscommunication between everyone. How many languages do you have? Just the one? Yeah, just the one. And people just about understand my English. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I've got just the one too. A little bit of French living yeah. in Canada, but not not a whole lot. Speaking of living in Canada, you've made the move to, to live in Winnipeg. How are you feeling about that move now, the weather we've had the last week or so? Oh, the weather is very, very cold. Um, it wasn't this bad last year, I don't remember. Um, or if I can remember. The, obviously, I've lived in Edmonton before, which the climate's very similar to, to Winnipeg. But usually, um, in the winter, we either fly back to see family in Ireland or go to Mexico for a week, you know, to break up the winter. Um but obviously with the COVID and all that stuff, you can't really do it. So um, it's tough out there, to be honest, especially today. But you get used to it. You know, you wrap yourself up and do what you have to do. And thankfully, we have indoor gyms that I can go get my training in. How cold did it get growing up overseas? What was the coldest conditions you ever had to deal with? Oh, in Northern Ireland, the coldest was probably like minus five okay you know it's it's like a it's like a wet cold you know so it sort of gets inside you a little bit more if you're outside your your feet would get a lot colder for sure and it gets more to the bone um over there i guess it's more like bc weather uh but yeah it's nothing like how it is here i remember the first day i arrived in canada it was minus 30 and to experience that i didn't think you could even think of it being that cold did you want to get back on the plane? No. <laughs> Canada is such a beautiful country, and that was 2013, and, you know, we're still here. So we love the country, and I, that's us for sure, staying here. Mm-hmm. Looking at the this upcoming season now, to get Andrew John-Baptiste back and recovered from his knee injury that ended his season early last year, how big does that factor into this team's chances to win it all? Oh, it's huge. You know, with uh, Drew coming back, it's like a brand new top signing um, for us uh, with him being out because you've seen that we got very, very leaky in terms of defending whenever we we lost Drew. So that's massive. Um, And I can tell you that he's he's working very hard every single day um, to get back to where he needs to be. Uh, you know, so I'm sure he's he's got the vi- the fire in his belly, um, which will be even more incredible for us. Uh, you know, the big man's just a steady rock back there. Um, he's he's a real team player. Um, he's always trying to help and encourage people uh, while doing his job. You know, so it's it's incredible. Um, and even someone like me, the, the two of us are co-captains. I didn't have Drew beside me at a lot of times during the season, especially on away trips. You know, so even for me, I'm really looking forward to having Drew beside me um, and, and help me the boys. Another recent re-signing, Raphael Oheen. What does he mean to this team that, he, that he's been a part of since day one? Yeah, you know, Raph's an incredible guy, incredible player. You know, he's, he's so powerful um, and he's growing each year. Uh, He's still trying. He's still learning the, the tactical side of the game, which he, he really, really listens and learns 
from that part. But yeah, it's excellent. You know, he's a he's a Winnipeg guy. Um, in the midfield, he's just pure energy, um, and it, and it's big for the team for sure. You know, so I believe Raf will will get even better this year for sure. Uh, and you know, the likes of me playing beside him in the midfield last year, you know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. So what does your off-season now look like? What do you have to do between now and the start of the season to get ready for the action? Um, do what I've always done. Uh, I have my own off-season program. I've had it since 2016. So I've been as soon as the season finished, I took a week off and then I get straight into that uh, as it's a three-month program. So actually today I will go on to the second part of that program. Um, so that's sort of going into more of the, the power, um, the cardiovascular type training. So I just usually stick with my program in the off season, and then that leads me in until pre season. And then whatever the coaches have in, have in store for us, then uh, the body should be in in good condition uh, to get stuck right into pre season. One last one before I let you go. I know you're from overseas you've been part of Canada now for for pushing a decade do you have a rooting interest in Canada qualifying for the men's world cup yeah for sure you know the, the team has been doing fantastically well uh watched the last game against Mexico that was incredible um you know but I really hope that the Canada make it you know because I class myself as Northern Irish Canadian now uh, my son was born here and me and my wife are permanent residents which will become citizens at some point uh, in the near future uh, so yeah for sure it's a big address for me um, and to see the, the work that uh, John Herman and his staff have been doing as well, it's incredible uh, so the future looks bright for sure, especially for all the young kids in the, in the country Awesome. Well, Daryl, appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. Congrats again on the new deal, and we'll talk to you as we get closer to the season. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this.